New on Curiosity Stream. From time to time, we have collisions between asteroids and the Earth. We track them. We study them. We hope the big one never comes. Don't look up. It's Asteroid Rush. And alligators. They rarely get sick. They even outlasted the dinosaurs. Could they hold the secret to human longevity? Their blood could have antibacterial applications. Wade into the investigation on immortal alligators. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand-new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Bradford Show. That's my open? That's what they used to call me, Swivel Hit Bradford. That's my open. I'm okay. waiting for you to so justify what? your stupid opinion. Bradford Show. That's delicious. Holy mackerel. What an honor this is. <laughs> Holy mackerel. Will Fleming of the Boston Red Sox uh, broadcast, radio broadcast, mm. with me on episode 124. Just like Big Poppy, I know it's a similar level of gravity for this particular visit. It's, you went over the top the other day in pregame and saying that this was one of the, uh, that I have the two defining you do. interviews. I oh, stand you do? By that. You stand by that? I stand by that. All right, well. Henry you. and Poppy. Henry and Poppy. This feels a lot different than the rickshaw I was promised. You were going to come on the uh, the rickshaw podcast, but they told you there was a height limit. <laughs> like, like, it's I, the I opposite imagine, of the carnival how, rides, right? How tall right? are you? How tall are you? Six, seven. Six seven. So Will Fleming six seven. Did you ever have the? When did you? When did you start taunting people that you could get on the Disney World rides? I was a late bloomer, actually. Although at that no. age I was, you know, as a little kid I was always the tallest, and yeah. then I just started my adult growth spurt really late. Like in eighth grade, I was five foot seven. That's okay. And then by the time I was about a junior in high school, I had grown, you know, six inches in a year and a half. You did? Yeah. So that was a tough and freshman I, and sophomore year. It was, and I kept growing mm. into college. Like in, at, at Stanford, I grew three more inches. You so did? No, you did I did. I just kept, you, you're the I kid swear who grew to you, in college? I am, and I would come home for holidays, and my mom would be like, what is <laughs> really? happening? Stop growing. That's kind of weird that you grew in college. I don't know anybody <laughs> who I, I think it is, because obviously that speaks to uh, not having gone through puberty well, by yeah, the time sure. you got to college, but... Yeah. Congratulations. Hey, listen, it's all where you end up. When you, how old are you, 40? Yes. It's all where you end up when Late you're 40 bloomer, years old. physically and professionally. What can I tell <laughs> no, you? What are you talking about? <laughs> Your brand, as I've told you about 50,000 times, sometimes I meant it, sometimes I haven't. Your brand has never been hotter. What do you think the ratio is of the number of times you actually meant it versus those that you were... 100%, <laughs> as far as you know. Uh, so, the, and thank you for swinging on by. My pleasure. I appreciate it. And... Um, I wanted, I wanted to have you on 
just because we've been together all year for the first time. Before this, we really, we really were just, we, you know, in passing. You know, we did the spring training stuff and and so forth and so on. See so done Pawtucket, but it, I think that an interesting conversation, and you are one of the people I want to have this with, is how the broadcast is because you know as well as anybody there was a lot of conversation in the off season going into spring training, going to the regular season, not so much about, oh, the WEI is going to do this rotating cast of characters. There was conversation about that, but how a conversation, uh, how a broadcast is done. And I remember I was on, um, this this guy wrote a story. I wish I could remember. It was it was like a industry trade thing. Do you I remember I know exactly this? what you're talking about. Who was about? the guy? What? I don't remember. Oh, but it was it, David Halberstam. That's exactly right. Yeah. About how they're going to reinvent the medium. It's going to be a disaster and a talk show and the all that stuff. The headline said, WEI, I'm paraphrasing, WEI wants talk show format yep. to be broadcast. So I had him on, and it was a, I, I enjoyed the conversation, number one, because I could pick it apart so easy, but number two, because... Like he's he had such the wrong idea as a lot of people did, where he's actually thinking that we are going to be taking calls about Robert Kraft in the middle of a baseball game. Here's what I think: you know this as well as anybody, Rob. What happened is one writer talked to one yep, since departed broadcaster, and he firmly believes that those words "talk show" were used to him. I think you and I have talked to enough of the people at Weei and at Entercom to know. That what was said was we would like it to sound a little bit more like our talk shows, not that we want the baseball broadcast to be a talk show. And I think, I know, I took that to mean, and we all have, baseball can be more conversational. And so, so I think that's where you're headed with this. Where, it is. What absolutely, I, it absolutely. That's what, exactly where I want to head, and that you're absolutely right. And it, it's not that complicated where you have that talk show narrative, but – in a nutshell, what people wanted was it to be more conversational. And when I had that conversation with that guy, David Halverson, I said, like, you would have to admit that people consume this thing differently than they used to. They right? do. They, they do. do. You've been, how long have you been doing this for? This is my ninth year. Ninth year. And you obviously grew up listening, and we all have the guys that we listen to. And when you got into it, you probably thought it was done a certain way. But as we sit here nine years later, you probably think it's done a little, at least a little bit different. I don't think so, actually. And here's why. Uh, like, I like this. This I is good. I think Argument. that when you're – yeah, we're really going to get to <laughs> yeah. the middle. I think when it's done really well, it does both things, which is to say that you cover the game, you, you handle the nuts and bolts, and in a tight spot – it's a one-run game in the eighth inning. You're all over the strategy. And I think that we'll get in. I'm sure you're going to ask me about all of the people that have come through our booth and that we've worked with this Don't year. Don't tell me what I'm going to ask you. I, my your show, your questions. But that's why I do love working with Lou Merloni because when he's in the booth, it is a guarantee that you're going to be all over every moment of the important strategy of the game. He's just really good at that stuff. That's why I always like it when he's with us. I think, Rob, that you don't have to be Johnny Carson to sound like you're conversational in a baseball play-by-play format. I think if you allow your own personality to come through, the way that it's really well done is to balance those two things, where you, you do obviously focus 
squarely on the game, but allow a lot of yourself, your personality, your sense of humor, and other things to come through the broadcast. I just don't think it's it's that uh, you know but, stark a difference. But see, I, I would agree. I would disagree in the sense that you say it's not that big a stark a difference from nine years ago. I'm using nine years ago yeah. as a jumping off point because I think it has to be. I mean, if it's not, then we're doing something wrong. Well, I will say the way the way reason the place I would agree with you the most is that today's game demands more fill than well, ever before. Well, and also, okay, you're right. I mean, because the long games, it's methodical games. Not as many balls put in play. You just have to do more. Right, but also the the attention span of people. I don't. You have to factor that in. I mean, you have to factor in, and we don't. We we. we we understand what listening to baseball on the radio is for a lot of people. Yeah. It's background noise. Let's be honest. It's, a lot of it, it's, it's Sure, not, people want to be having a drink on the patio or exactly. mowing the lawn or whatever, exactly. and you need to be able to tell exactly. them when they need to. But more, Will, sure. you would admit that more than ever before, the, the attention spans are going down and down and down. This is one of the challenges that baseball feel, has. And so while you're never completely going to get over that with, the, with radio because it's just not as interactive as TV – you know, there, there. I think this comes back to the whole it has to be more conversational thing. And I'm with you. Like I get it. Like you, you still have to get everything in, and you have to, you have to make sure that you're painting the picture and you're getting the information and so forth and so on. But you, you and I both know people, broadcasters, who they're so consumed by that they don't. They want to push all the other stuff to the side, which is the conversation. Yes, I think you know me well enough to know, and I, I, I would hope that you would have said this about me the first time we did a spring training game, that I don't no, think... No, I said I, I can't believe I'm doing... Sp- who I, is I, this I am, guy? I am what? a Hall of Fame spring training broadcaster. <laughs> and they're asking me to do and it with this guy? Come on. Uh, you know, I think that I've always been of the mindset that that's part of but it. But spring training, but here, that's a good point, and we always have fun doing those games. Yep. We've had some of the. I can honestly say, having done as many games as I had, well, I've I've had some of the most You're the fun, prince of Fort Myers. Most it's true. fun games that I have done have been with you because, partially because they were spring training games, and we you know you of course know, you yes know. I do. But this is what spring training does. I think is it allows you to exercise the ability to do the things that we're talking about, which. Which, uh, when you're here, you better get in the information, right? You can't miss yes. a play. In spring training, okay, let's expand the, the conversation a little bit more. It's, hey, you know what? We've seen Gorky Hernandez for 10 straight days in the seventh inning in Bradenton. So it's, it's better to have a conversation about what's going on with the team. Yeah, and, and look, I do think that the Red Sox are different. They are. And while I totally agree that we need to be more conversational and engaging than maybe ever before, our fan base is the people who listen to WEEI are into baseball, period. Mm-hmm. They are. I mean, the same people who want to listen. They're very, very young. <laughs> I mean, I, that, that, I, I, I'm all for making our audience younger and engaging and bringing in the next generation. But that you can't just ignore the people who've been with you for decades who do want the story of the game told. I mean, somebody who turns on the Red Sox game at 730, whether they're driving in their car or they're sitting at home making dinner, whatever, they do want to hear what Xander Bogarts and Rafi Devers are doing. So I... It, this is not Kansas City. It nothing against the fine people of Kansas City, but wow. this is a town that people want to hear about the guys that they care about. So you have to sure, balance those sure, things. Sure, but, but you're right. But can't you take, for instance, you know, if Bogarts, Bogarts does something and you talk about it, you talk about what he did, and then you have the conversation about Bogarts. Yep. And 
and maybe more than you did in the past instead of turning it over and going right and i'm not saying you're doing this i'm just saying that this is what drove me nuts about maybe the way that that people have done it in the past of that now we're just going to go down and we're going to get the we're going to get the pitches in and we're going to get the the meaty guy stuff in and and so forth and so on like this just a couple guys sitting around will calling the game talking some baseball i swear to god this is true rob i'm not exaggerating not one time this year have i opened the media guide i've not i have not looked at any media guide one time and that that's intentional. And you did, did you do spring training? Yeah, you did. I spring did do spring training yeah, games. My dad was I, that, I guess maybe that's uh, that doesn't quite count. Maybe a, you know, like the the ninth inning guy for the Minnesota Twins. But that's the ultimate test, though. Will spring training? I'll come back to spring training of doing the media guy thing. That's the ultimate test. Sure. Because you get into the seventh inning of those games, you have two ways to go. You have you the know media, the Robert the, Frost fork in the road that I take, and that yes. is that no one listening to the Red Sox games. No one cares about the third string left fielder for the Minnesota Twins, okay? Is it one thing the first time we meet Jaron Duran to give his bio and tell our fans where he's coming from, what his years have looked like, where he went to school? Sure. I legitimately think, Rob, after about the first week or first month in the regular mm-hmm. season, no one should ever hear about a Red Sox player when they were drafted, where they went to school, where they played last year. No one cares. It's baked in. Everyone knows that stuff about these guys. And I think it's incumbent upon the people who sit in those chairs to be creative enough to generate something new. Do you think that you've gotten better this year? Yes, I do. Uh, I hope so anyway. I mean, I think being around the big leagues, it, it just makes you better. Well, well, let me ask you this. You, you obviously, you had done spring training games, and you've, you've been doing it for nine years or eight years heading into this year. What is the thing about doing these games that you said, oh, I didn't realize that I had to do a little bit more, I had to get better at, or maybe I had to adjust to? It's interesting. I would say, in a way, you have to do a little bit less. Uh, and what I mean by that is I would listen back to my games in the first month of the season, and when there was a really big moment, I think I probably talked about 10 or 15% too much around the actual play. If a ball is hit out to left center field and it's a tremendous, dramatic home run that, you know, Devers hits over the monster, whatever, I think about 15% fewer words do the trick. Mm. And I think that was the thing because you just get caught up, right? You're at Fenway Park. Devers is having this historic first couple of months. Well, that's not the right example because he was cold for the. You get my point. Whatever is happening in front of you, it's the Red Sox. You're looking out at the sit-go sign, and you're just kind of overcome with all that. Uh, so I think that that was the the main thing that I I learned to just kind of, you know, let the moment speak for itself a little bit. Mm. Um, and I, the other thing I would say, Rob, is that uh, working with all these different partners, you have to adjust, and and uh, I think that 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 part has. <laughs> I'm, I'm the ultimate test. <laughs> you are. Oh, that's that was for what sure was it? What, what, what did we do? Mother's Day. We did. That was Mo- a fun game. Yeah, I was sick. I felt bad. I was yeah, trying. Wouldn't I, let me open the windows, but I did it anyway. I know. I, oh man, I was so sick in those days. After, <laughs> I swear to God, I was so sick. You're cursing me, I'm sure. No, no. Listen, I felt like I understood. Like, uh, was that your first game that you did this year? That was the first full nine first inning play by nine play inning game, game. I did. Yep. so like i i can be totally sympathetic to i wanted you to feel like you were going to be put in the best position that you could possibly put in and i felt you know i so i try just know just know that i tried i guess the answer to the true 
answer to your questions. I hope I've gotten better. I mean, it's not for me to say, right? I mean, that's for the well, listeners and well, people. Here's, here's how I look at it, Will, is that I think like anything, you, the more comfortable you get in your surroundings with the people you work with, and even though they might be all over the place, um, the, you're better anyone's going to get. Like, you know, when I did a spring training game for the first time with Joe, I'm mean, kind of like, you know, it's Joe Castiglione, you know? Like, I'm so I am being... But then you realize, okay, I can push this button, that button, now we're just... So I think with Joe, the, the, the thing that made me so attracted to this job, in addition to the fact that it's the Red Sox and the big leagues and it's what I've wanted my whole life, <laughs> is that other than those things, <laughs> other than those things, Mrs. Lincoln, oh, yeah. um, <laughs> is that I didn't... I'd worked with Joe very briefly, like for an inning at a time in spring training. I always had, got stuck with you in the spring training game. So I'd never really done a full game <laughs> If I had a nickel Joe. for every time someone said that. And so last July 30th, I came up and made my first appearance in the big leagues, and then we did the Phillies game, and Joe was wonderful to me. I mean, he... he is so giving of his time on the air and so few people who have his tenure do it that way baseball broadcasting is a territorial thing and joe does not view it that way he's giving of his space and time so i was so taken by the fact that he was so giving to me now this year that's not to say that every game is going to be exactly the same way. So you have to learn and be willing to listen to a come, become accustomed to everyone's tendencies. Well, I, I, yeah, well, I think that it was interesting. It must have been fascinating for you. Um, you. You can like the way we did it, or you can not like the way we did it with all these rotating people. But if you were going to make the most of it, you say, well, this person did it this way, and that was interesting. This person did it that way, and that was interesting. All these guys have different styles, like Josh Lewin and Mario Mpemba and, you know, uh, certainly Sean McDonough. And, like, all these guys have really different styles. That's what was striking for me. Yeah, it is. And I think, Rob, that I, I, I came into this thing knowing that I would not be doing play-by-play -play every night, and I would... That's my main goal in this thing. I've been very clear about mm. that. Everyone knows that's my goal. It's weird how you say that every fourth inning. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, here's, here's this. In the Brought to you by Geico, <laughs> I want to do play-by-play. -play. <laughs> 15 minutes can yeah. save you 15% on car insurance. I should be doing the play-by-play. -play. There's, there's two constants. Like one in the pregame that you're talking about the Chinese exchange rate and how the Trump administration is yeah, somehow Despite all assurances to the contrary, <laughs> let's not get into the East Boston yeah. Savings Bank financial report. Anyway. <laughs> and, then, and then, of course, it's like saying, listen, it's the fourth inning, by the way. I really, really want to be. In but here's what I, I thought going in, Rob, and I hope that I have accomplished. I really do think that, that there's been a lot of this. I've done all this ESPN basketball, and until you have a package, until you sign a long-term deal with them and get one conference and one partner, twice a week you're working with a different person. And that is, to me, that's the job of a play-by-play -play person, is to set the stage for your analyst. Especially on TV, it's an analyst-driven medium. On and on. I learned that that is the job, and I've learned how to do that. So I came into this year saying, you know what I'm going to focus on, number one, is figuring out what makes each of these people tick. And in my role especially, it's not just the updates, it's in the game as things. To your first question, I think my job has been, as Joe has had to adjust to all of these partners, trying to poke 
and prod the partner that day mm-hmm. and get them down the lane that makes them the most comfortable, whether that's you know encouraging Berman to use a couple nicknames or being sarcastic and giving snark back to McDonough, making TV references with Lewin, you know, making whatever historical references to Mario, and get that, that person more engaged with Joe. I feel like that's been my number one role, and uh, I hope that people uh, have enjoyed that part of well, it. What makes me tick? God, that is the hardest question of well, all. Well, that's why to I answer. asked it because this is this is a very, very no. Pre- I think the pressing d- issue and difficult topic. You know, in in the same way that Joe uh, has this amazing recall of Red Sox history, the fun thing about working with you is that you can say any name, and you've got a story that is personal that you remember from talking to that person, and you remember this moment in this year. And so uh, that I mean, to me, Rob, uh, you and I are friends. We can have fun on any you know format, whether it's a game broadcast, pregame, whatever that is. You and I can enjoy ourselves. Mm-hmm. But in, in the traditional sense, if you're on the game and I'm trying to interact with you that way, you know, I think it's the combination of those things. We can have some fun, but you're really solid on the, the game stuff too. Well, very, very solid. Thank you. you. Yes. But I do think that to go back to what you're talking about, it's a great way to approach it of, of, of seeing each of these. Instead of doing the cookie-cutter approach, which I can tell you some other people would have done. Yeah. This is how I do it, and you're going to have to adjust to me. I do. I think going back to when McDonough first came in, and that had to have been mid-April, early, early-ish April, right? Yeah, he, he did the. He didn't do the home opener, but he did the second game of the year. And this isn't a knock on you know anybody else to do it because I, I do think that like everyone, I can honestly say that everybody who's brought something to the table has done a good job. But with what McDonough did with you was bringing you in. And and having like this back and forth. Yes. And Flemball was born. Flemball was born. Yeah. And but this but that that to me, and not only for those games and not only for those moments, but I think and may, maybe I'm wrong. You tell me if I'm wrong. But I do feel like that made you realize, like, hey, you know what? This is I can do this. I can expand a little bit. And because you saw it work there, right? Sure. There's no question. Sean's been unbelievable. Yeah. Um, Sean is an institution in this town, and we all knew that coming into this. He is revered here. He just is, and he, he's not for everybody. That's even, fine. But I don't even care about that. Will like I honestly like no. I I'm saying you. to you that he comes into the booth with that aura, yeah. right? The minute the light went on, it was none of that. We were all just friends having a conversation in the booth. Well, there was you. We've talked about this. You know, there's also the element of like, I don't have to give a shit. Like he doesn't. I'm not going to curse on the podcast. It's your show. You can. I can beep it out. (laughs) I can beep it out. Seriously, Rob, I had Sean on the pregame show for the first time, and the first line out of his (laughs) mouth on WEEI in 2019 was, is Tim Neverett stuck in traffic? Okay? (laughs) Here's this guy literally meeting Sean for the first time, having him on a segment, trying to impress him and tell him I know what I'm talking about, and he goes, is Tim Neverett? I mean, and that was it, right? We were off from there. I want to clarify, too, and when I say don't give a poop – that I don't mean that he doesn't care about the broadcast. I mean that he's so secure in of his course. existence that he's like, listen, you know, I know what's good and bad. Yes. And and I know where it's going to get too silly or not silly enough. Yes. And I, I can adjust from there. That's what I meant by Yeah, that. no, he does. And, I, and he has the gravitas to do that. You know, I, I don't yet, I, but I've tried but, but to I, take some of I that think, to heart. I, but I think that you, to go back to sort of, 
how this has progressed, I listen to you now, and I've listened to, uh, certainly over the last few months and since the beginning of the year, and like I'm like, no, you have it figured out. You do have it figured out, Will. Like what? I think you, you have it figured out in terms of when's too much, when's too little. Um, and that's a, that you know as well as I do, that's the hardest thing to do. That's very nice of you to say, and I, you've actually been a good resource for me on that because there have been times – when I have been concerned about whether a certain well, I, I line of questioning, I just said to one time. I yeah, said, I, but still, I mean, I, I I took that to heart, and and for me, I will I, I will say, that is a difficult one for me mm. because my nature is. We're talking not, about being critical of. Yeah, and I'm. It's not. I don't think that somebody in my role should be hypercritical of professional baseball players. I just don't. Mm -hmm. I mean, I never played professional baseball. I'm not on the field. I, I know the game really well, right? And I've seen enough, and I know enough, and I talk to them enough to know what a good play is, what isn't, what should have been done, what wasn't. It's certainly my job to say when a play should have been made that wasn't, etc. I think a lot of times people go over the top and make the game seem too easy, and it's not, okay? Mm -hmm. I also think that if you're going to be critical of baseball players or even comment on them, it's really important to do what you and I do, which is stand in front of them and talk to them. Yeah. Look them in the eye and say, hey, I said this, or not even I said this, but I saw this. What did you see on that play? Yeah. And somebody will say, well, you know, it was a weird time of night. That thing took a really weird hop. I wasn't expecting that. I should have made the play, but here's what I thought. To me, that's my philosophy on it. So I would say that that's maybe the biggest and steepest learning curve for me this year is I have always had in the back of my mind, this is Boston. The fans are incredibly knowledgeable. They do want you to toe that line. Mm. They, it is, this is not Pollyanna town. If a bad play happens, mm. you cannot run away and hide I from remember, them. were you doing the um, game in New York uh, or part of the broadcast in any capacity. Game in New York, Sean McDonough was on. It was a game Chris Sale. Yes. Like, didn't get the call. Yes. I mean, and that was it. So Chris Sale. He said, I have very call. little respect for that. He, he was like, he, Chris Sale, where I think that nine times out of ten, the broadcaster would be like, I can't believe that Chris Sale didn't get the call. And Sean basically says, this is a really bad look for Chris Sale. Yeah, you didn't get the call, but then you proceeded to give up three straight hits to the bottom of the order. Yeah, it's it's, and I, I've I've grown to respect that about him so very yeah. much. Yeah. He's the best at that. So uh, I know you get going because you have actual work to do. Yeah, the um, people that this is just fun. This it is work. love it's, it. This is just this is two guys sitting around drinking beer and and talking. <laughs> if only. Um, which uh, I'm looking forward to Twin Peaks, by the way. That's going to be great. Oh, it's gonna well, be now we're getting ahead of ourselves. I need a contract for next year before I'm at Twin Peaks, for goodness I, sake. I, I have a lot of clout at WEI. <laughs> I can take care of it. Uh, so it, so it's, it, at, in a nutshell, we're almost at the end of the season here. I mean, you, is it what you expected it to be? I guess. Um, just I mean, the answer forget, you forget, wanted. Forget about the contract stuff. Forget about the, you know, the future and everything. Is, is this what you expected it to be? Sure. It is. I mean, it's better than I expected. Is it? Even though, you know, I, I said this the day that I agreed to do this, I, I, I don't think anyone will be surprised to know that I wanted a little bit different role than the one I got this year. Sure. I wanted more games. I wanted more Was it a hard decision? Uh, no, it wasn't. Um, I, I think... Uh, it's it's the Red Sox, it's the big leagues. Yeah, but you know, it's, but you you were doing play by play for sure. Paw Sox. It, no, it took me about two minutes to to make that decision. So no, it, I mean it wasn't a hard decision. The one thing about it was that the the uh, the, the demands on my family increased with all the commuting and traveling yeah. and all that stuff. Anyway, uh, 
it, it has been more fun than I thought it would be. And it, it, coming to Fenway Park 80 times has been unbelievable. Working with Joe has been better than I thought it would be. Working with everyone who's come into that booth has been spectacular. And I would also say um, I, I hope that people in Boston think that I've grown with the broadcast and they've become more comfortable with me. It has enhanced my profile oh, in the I don't world think there's any question. that I travel in, right? I mean, I was a finalist for an NBA TV job. I hear from big league baseball teams more often. And, and that is an undeniable upshot of making this move. I hoped that that would happen. It has. And so in, in, in so many ways, it's been more fun and more you know, beneficial than I could have ever thought. But truly, the main point is it's just been so much fun. You know, I, 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 working in minor leagues, uh, I had Josh Mowers here today. Mm. And he and I had a lot of fun doing the games together. And it's hard to replicate that emotion uh, every day in the big leagues. It just is. The games matter here. And it's impo- that's what you want. I mean, anybody who does mm-hmm. this, it's the Red Sox. Every night matters. You don't have to convince yourself that the game is important mm-hmm. and that people are listening. They are, and it is. That's Will Fleming of the Will Fleming Show. You can hear him <laughs> every day right before Joe Castiglione and announcer X takes over. <laughs> uh, so, Will, thanks, man. Like, it was good. I liked, I actually liked, I'm not a broadcaster, but I like talking about the broadcast stuff. I do. Because we're all experts, It's right? a talk show, isn't it? It, it is. Yes, it's a talk show. <laughs> it's been fun. And, Rob, seriously, uh, we, I've had so much fun doing the, the pregame with you all year long. We've done some games. and uh, Yeah, man. You've been like, a real ass yeah, so lie to me, and I'll I really I'll get that deal it. done for you. There you go. Uh, thanks. All right, all right, well, thanks. New on Curiosity Stream. With my infrared drone, I can see what others can't. Drone pilot Doug Thrawn uses his bird's eye view for the ultimate good, saving animals from desperate situations around the globe. Join the rescue effort on a new season of Doug to the Rescue. And... You captured a Confederate steamboat? We're taking the ship to freedom. An enslaved crew, a stolen vessel, and a Civil War dash to salvation on impossible escapes. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand-new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means high visibility polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames, and not to mention they replace lost and broken shades. Shady Rays includes lost or broken protection on every new pair purchased. They'll send you a brand new pair if you lose or break them, no matter what happened. See ShadyRays.com for details. Shady Rays offers free 30-day returns and exchanges so you can find the best fit for you. Try them, and if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in America with your order, adding to over 20 million meals donated to date. 
Exclusively for our listeners, head to ShadyRays.com slash MLB to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's ShadyRays.com slash MLB for the best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs. And try for yourself the polarized sunglasses rated five stars by over 150,000 people.